generation ideas. Next generation ideas. Next generation ideas. Hey, XXXL crew, we are back with our third instalment of the Gen Triple XL podcast series. This week, we've got an interview for you with two designers, Max and David. The interview is run by Agley, who is the founder of Caroline, and I'm really excited for you to meet her this week. We've set up the Gen Triple XL podcast series together to uncover ideas for people who pave the future. We'll be sharing the best ideas from the world of brands, design, Web3 and our society in general to ignite your inspiration, expand your horizons and enable you to always be ahead of the crowd. Last time you heard one of our rewinds, which are monthly releases where we look back at the most cutting edge and fascinating ideas from that month. We're going to be keeping this series fresh and dynamic. And if you think there's any breakthrough ideas that we've missed or designers, thinkers, creators that you'd love to hear an interview from, then please get in touch. We love to hear from you guys. So enjoy the interview this week. Uh, Really excited for you guys to hear from Max and David. This is Jen XXXL. Stay on the beat with us. Hi guys, I'm very excited to introduce you to David and Max, two designers who are working together and experimenting with augmented reality, art and design. So it's very exciting. Um, David is a graphic and type designer from Switzerland. He's currently based in Lisbon and Max is a graphic designer and art director based in Berlin. He's also the co-founder of New Standard Studio a sustainable and environmentally conscious communications design studio. So we featured their work in the Style Cuts Volume 2 and today I'm very excited to share with you the talk that we had about their work. So I'm sure that you will enjoy uh, this talk and let us know what you think and let's dive in. Would you mind uh, kind of uh, introducing yourself uh, and then I'll, we'll jump into questions. Yeah, so I'm David. I am Swiss and Portuguese, but I live in Lisbon. I studied in Switzerland in Bern and I've been living in Lisbon since I, yeah, since I finished university, I came back to Lisbon. I think a few months after I was done, I saw that um, I was looking for work and I was sending out applications to places here in Lisbon and also like seeing if my favorite studios had any openings or stuff like that, but I didn't have any luck. And then one day I saw that Max posted a story on Instagram. Uh, he was looking for somebody to help him with, with his work part-time. And so I sent him my my website and a, a letter saying that I, yeah, that I was looking for work and I didn't have anything and yeah, and then it worked out. And then we started developing some projects together. Um, yeah, and that was yeah, that was more than two years ago now. That time yeah, time goes by so fast. Totally yeah. Well, it was love at first sight. David like sent me his portfolio, and I had a look, and I was like, oh, there are actually quite a lot of works where I wish I would have done that. So uh-huh. I think that's uh, a big compliment from like designer to designer. So yeah, yeah we decided to work together. And it's kind of a really smooth collaboration where I think we both managed to kind of play our strengths 
and our mm-hmm. expertise. Um, so we usually split the workload kind of, um, yeah, so that basically everybody, like we both um, get out what we want by uh, at the same time learning more in our fields kind of. Um, so also the projects are quite diverse from books to websites to anything printed, anything digital um, to an AR app we did last year. Um, so I think we're definitely, yeah, crossing crossing boundaries, crossing media, um, yes. which is quite fun. And um, lots of things we do for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's exactly this kind of uh, curiosity or also mentality that then brings out um, kind of that that really strong project. Um, yeah. And I saw from your portfolio that, uh, especially David, you are very focused on typography, right? Uh, is that sort of something that you, uh, it's like your p- personal passion or you as both as duet as well, kind of uh, use typography and that's one of the interests and passions that you integrate into project? Yeah, I mean, I guess kind of depends what you mean. If you mean typography, just working with type-based solutions for design or really type design or both. Um but yeah, for sure, I always look to any any design that I have, um, you know, fall in my lap always. My first instinct is always to work with typography. And that's maybe because I studied in Switzerland or maybe it's just a natural uh, yeah. impulse. I sometimes have to push him to use more than just typography. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so like it's a personal thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it kind of works out in the end. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So also that like AR project, for example, um, was actually kind of interesting because first we were only doing a, a record artwork for like uh, a vinyl, and then yes, that's uh, the, we started the work, very typography yeah. heavy, and it was only typo. And then we were at some point had the idea to basically bring in an artist um, I know who's also based in Berlin, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, then this 3D artist basically jumped on the project and didn't only create one artwork, but basically a a loop, a 3D model that was like constantly changing and evolving and um, transforming. And from that, we basically then created this AR app, which was, um, yeah, more or less a digital version of the vinyl in the end. So there was a booklet, um, which you could scan with your phone and it would trigger the, like both sound and AR. And yeah, I think that was kind of a fruitful collaboration for everybody involved. It wasn't just us, it was also the artist. There was this AR studio we worked together. Of course, there was the uh, music producer and like so many people involved. And uh, I think it's especially this kind of collaborative project where we are already like very used to collaborate. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like bringing in more people is even like um, bringing the projects to the next level as well. Yes, I love the way you really um, mix the media and and with that sort of unusual style, really like 3D, right? Work. It's it, it's just really so original and and so futuristic. So I really love that and sort of cosmic feel that it has. Um, and yeah, could you tell a little bit about the artist itself, like where the inspiration came for this work? Why did you choose to mix that mm. particular media? 
I mean, first of all, I know the artist, um, so I'm probably a bit biased, but he's um, doing 3D scans of nature. So he was in the mm -hmm. Amazon forest, uh, I think last year, years ago, and basically then scanned the surroundings, scanned plants uh, and other objects in nature. And then basically he's like kind of uh, modifying them in mm -hmm. his, uh, yeah, with 3D software, CGI. And from that, these kind of weird, um, weird objects or weird shapes or sculptures yes. um, evolved mm -hmm. and it's kind of uh, yeah the whole the whole music project itself is quite conceptual so to pair the really um, minimal graphic design or typography that is then again used in a kind of bold way um, to pair this with the yeah this 3d point uh, dot clouds was in our in our view, an interesting kind of contrast. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. So what was the feedback that you got about it, about the work from the people? It was quite good, actually. I mean, the, I would say like AR apps are still quite a new thing. Yes. And if they're done, they're often done in a, let's say, visually poor way, because of course, there's still like a lot of technical limitations. And we unfortunately also experienced that because actually the 3D models would be super complex and like with a lot of dots and points. Um, so we really had to simplify all that to make it work on phones and also older phones. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the experience is still quite unique, I would say, um, especially how sound and uh, movement or like the 3D model works together, um, how you can move around, how you can move through um, the 3D animation all while it's moving. Um, like moving uh, depending on the sound actually mm -hmm. and um, we submitted it to a few awards and we also got some awards for it so that's kind of probably right. the official feedback yeah. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. but yeah we're quite happy with it great wonderful it's great when we can push the boundaries right of the media we are using and the projects like that are always um so fulfilling and, and uh, rewarding, <laughs> isn't it? And super rare as well, I think. It, it was the first time that I ever worked on a project where um, I was told just, what would you do if you could? Um, don't think about budget, don't think about any limitations, we can deal with that later. Um, just think about what would be your dream project and that's something that's obviously not very common and not always possible or very rarely possible and so that's it's about finding finding or creating the space for yourself in, in Max's case um, to, to have that sort of project and then uh, to have that sort of freedom as well working within that project so that's uh, that, that's a really cool thing to be a part of okay interesting so uh, Max, how did you get into design? We talked a little bit about David, but uh, what is your kind of path to that brought you to to do what you're uh, doing now? I actually had a 50-50 chance of uh, getting into design because I was applying at uh, Design University, but mm -hmm. also I was uh, applying for uh, theater. Um, ah, interesting. Script writing, mm -hmm. uh, which was very different, I guess, a very different outcome. So we're happy that I made it into design. Mm -hmm. um, and then I basically studied and I started working in advertising. Mm -hmm. So definitely from a very uh, commercial background, um, but then switched quite quickly to 
design only. Um, of course, still with commercial um, clients, but more and more cultural um, mm -hmm. stuff. And then I realized that actually the best projects are those that you just start yourself and that are kind of self-initiated. Yeah, um, I agree with that. <laughs> Um, so a lot of projects actually happened, like also, as you mentioned before, the radio uh, platform of 100. Um, we have book projects, we have exhibition projects, stuff like that, where it's really like we are more or less our own clients. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's actually very nice. So it's also kind of finding this balance between working for other people and working for yourself and finding that balance between yeah, having complete artistic freedom or working within certain boundaries. Yes. Of course, like both can be very interesting and rewarding. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really um, having that kind of mix and um, yeah, focusing on what we um, actually really want to want to work on and want to spend our time on. Great. Yes, I think we need both. Right, both of those commercial work which also is financially good but it also pushes you in some other ways that maybe you wouldn't push yourself if you were not in that context but uh, also that creative work that's kind of just uh, is is always there asking for the limelight right yeah i think yeah. also the 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 work that's more fun where we have more freedom is not really possible without the other more you know the more commercial stuff the the, the stuff that pays more um yeah and by having that we then have the the privilege as well of being able to do the the other kind of work so yeah exactly so in the end. exactly one feeds the other um so are you you since you're in different locations i guess you're working remotely right yes yeah. Is, so these met. days <laughs> Really? <laughs> I, was to go to, I was about to go to Portugal last year, but then didn't made it uh, because of Corona. And yeah. so we still haven't met in real life. Uh, okay. Most communication via Slack and Skype and whatever else, kind of digital communication channel. But yeah, it's kind of interesting. Okay. Very current, <laughs> very 2021. Yeah. yeah, very much. <laughs> exactly. the work remote, the remote working was actually cool. So we're kind of used to it right now. Yeah, no, it works quite well. I mean, it's like also keeping um, keeping work quite efficient because of course we're like chatting and we're discussing things, but at the same time only when actually necessary. Um, so that's why I think we're also very, like we have fa pretty fast turnarounds on projects, mm -hmm. um, which is quite nice somehow. Of course, it sometimes lacks this kind of in-person exchange and the kind of ongoing exchange. But at the same time, I think we're, yeah, pretty solid and confident in what we're doing so it's nice to then have these kind of meeting points even if they're only digital and then kind of um, decide together which direction we further shape the project in mm -hmm. and yeah, working pretty well so far wonderful wonderful well i hope this collaboration will only grow and and you'll do more and uh, in more bigger and more interesting things um so I wanted to ask a little bit, since you are already kind of experimenting with augmented reality and I feel in general your style calls for very sort of futuristic projects. So if we would uh, step back a little bit and say, okay, well, 
how, what is this next generation brand or the brand of the future? Wh how would you see that? Um, and what do you think should be the augmented reality? Uh, well, in a, you can, it doesn't matter if, you know, whether it's augmented reality, sort of in generally the, the brand of the future, what should be the qualities of it, you know, what kind of any brand uh, that would call itself uh, modern and, and forward looking, what do you think should be those qualities? I think it kind of has to be fluid in a way of like, um, of course, there have to be like certain, let's say, fixed elements or elements that are um, consistent and kept the same so that kind of people can recognize it. But at the same time, with like, yeah, the rise of new technologies, of new channels, of new media, I think it's more important than ever before that a brand is kind of flexible and can kind of adapt to those, um, uh, to those, yeah, to that progress, um, while mm -hmm. at the same time having that. Um, yeah, recognizable feeling or where people can definitely see a brand no matter how it's then um, visually presented kind of mm -hmm. but to create a brand that has um, yeah I would say a, a comprehensive toolkit uh, with elements that you can like play with depending on let's say depending on how much space you actually have I mean even if you were like designing for a phone for example it's so different to designing for a computer and that will change a lot more in the future probably yeah. So I think it's um, a lot about not thinking in sizes or oh, thinking in media. Um, I think I stopped saying that like yeah, a brand has to have this kind of comprehensive toolkit where you can pick elements um, depending on what kind of media or channel you're basically um, designing for then in the end. So I think uh, a brand has to be flexible, it has to be modular and at the same time being have this kind of strong visual center point. Um, that you can always then refer back to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just just before Max said fluid, um, I was thinking flexible as well. Uh, especially when you talk about augmented reality, I, I wrote my bachelor thesis on that. And when I was doing my research, um, there were all these predictions that it would be within five to 10 years, it would be like augmented reality would replace um, smartphones and it would be as normal to us as using a smartphone and yeah I don't know if the pandemic changed any of those predictions or um, whatever mm -hmm. but for a brand you never know what the the hardware is gonna is gonna be like or what the the formats are gonna be like so I guess the the one thing you need is that that one yeah the the identity has to be recognizable regardless of where it's presented and um, even if it's something that we know like a laptop or, or a smartphone or something that we don't know as much like augmented reality or smart what uh, smart um, glasses for the future um, 2d 3d all of that has to be um, yeah it has to be like there has to be a certain link that connects all of those together great and if there was like one thing that you would, in the ideal world, would love to eliminate in the designer's life, let's say, um, sort of in the day-to-day -day life of it, of a designer, you know, you, wh what would that be? Oh well, <laughs> good question. I'm not using them, but handmade fonts or like brush fonts. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> 
<laughs> I wouldn't eliminate those, but <laughs> I was thinking more like when you're speaking to a client and uh -huh. you're showing stuff that you did and they know exactly what they want, but they can't explain it to you. And so you yeah, have this <laughs> guessing game, trying to figure out what they want, trying to show them examples. Um, but yeah, I guess, yeah, brush, brush spots is also a good one. <laughs> I mean, that's sometimes a funny thing, actually, because uh, I often, or I mostly do the kind of client communication. So I often feel like kind of a translator or interpreter, interpreter for like between client and David somehow. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's kind of an interesting mission too. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so I'm so grateful that he does that. <laughs> yeah, you you going away. Yeah, it's it requires a lot of patience because clients sometimes don't know the words right that they should use to describe. It's just this is I think the problem that most of us experience um, that communication and being understood in the right way and, and having the right the client having the right words to tell what they want and so if you just uh, one last question if you had to share let's say to the designers who are looking at your work and really admiring your work and you, you know it's an aspiring designer who's still building up his or her skill set What would be some tips that you would give to encourage that person um, to grow in, in the career as a designer? I would say don't wait for the perfect client, but be your own client <laughs> and start your own project. And because then you can really do whatever you want and then show that project to potential clients and basically um, put yourself out there and present yourself. Um, mm -hmm. So I think for everybody starting um, in the field of design, that's quite helpful. And instead of waiting for yeah, a client to come um, or a project to start, just do it yourself. Yeah, yeah, I'd suggest in terms of your portfolio as well, show the things or show the work that you want to be doing. Um, because if you keep showing that and if, if it's good, then people eventually come to you for that type of work. And I think this is such a great Yeah, for me, it's such a great job to have because I get to do stuff that I that I like. And if I were doing like, I don't know, boring um, corporate stuff every day, I feel like it would be, I would see my life flashing before my eyes. I don't know. Um, yeah. It would, it would feel like to me like a, a bit of, um, yeah, a, a waste of, of what I'm doing with my time. Um, so... Mm -hmm. um, I suggest do do the, the the work that you like and show that type of work so that um, eventually people will come to you. Um, yeah, job proposals for that kind of work. I think that's how you can get um, yeah a good career and also be fulfilled in life. Great tip. I will add plus one to this as well. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't have any more questions. Thank you so much for your time. Perfect. Thanks for your time too. Thanks for the questions also. Hello, hello, Tom again. 
Wow, so that was super interesting to hear about pushing the boundaries of design, using new media for a new world, forgetting the limitations that we both put on on ourselves and the limitations that are put on us and, and how the journeys of designers aren't as linear as you might imagine. Um, how did you guys find that? We want to hear from you in the comments if there's any thoughts you had, a response to something Max or David talked about or a question for them, please send it through. Thanks for listening to this, this episode and can't wait to share with you guys the July Rewind. It will be out very soon. I've um, got some really interesting ideas that have been flying around this month. Thank you very much, Gen Triple XL crew. See you soon. Next generation ideas.